Friday morning on rural Queensland today across the Resonate Broadcast Network. It's Susan McDonald, the Senator for Northern Australia, joining us this morning. Senator, good morning and thank you so much for being with us. It is always terrific to talk to you, Ben, and I uh, really enjoy hearing how many people listen to your show and uh, talking about, you know, what you've got on top of your mind each day. Um, thank you for that. Uh, 70% renewable energy by 2032 this is what the state premier came out earlier this week banging on about now the wind farm that has yet to been approved um robbie carter said it very well earlier this week he said what labor do is they try to divert the interest so anybody that even investigates this joke of a government um sort of forget what the real problems are and hear all this gloss and glamour i mean the Premier with a hard hat saying we're going to have wind farms in the South Burnett. Um, all this kind of stuff is garbage. They're walking away and abandoning coal, which is a huge risk in this country. Well, I'm just really interested to know how they plan to fill the budget hole that will be left by the massive amount of royalties that currently fund Queensland. Because there is no income stream that comes from wind farms, from solar farms, from pumped hydro, from hydrogen. These are all projects that will be part of our energy mix in the future, but it is coal. It is coal that pays for schools and hospitals and roads and public service wages and every other thing that we enjoy in Queensland currently. And within, without any plan to fill that enormous number, uh, $16 billion dollars, uh, Queensland is planning to walk away from it. So and, uh, why can they? How and how can they do that? Well, <laughs> because because Queensland keeps voting them in, Ben. And so at the next election on uh, the end of October 2024, uh, we will need to be asking some very hard questions about how do you intend to fill a budget when you have ripped the guts out of your income stream uh, for this state? How do you intend to do that? And at the same time, we know that electricity demands are increasing in the state, whether it be as people buy electric vehicles, whether as they electrify their, their home energy um, uh, heating and, and cooking with, with uh, substituting gas, whatever it is that they're encouraging and incentivising people to do, but there's not a matching uh, other side of how are they going to have enough battery storage enough um, baseload power to ensure, and again, Ben, here's the big one, to ensure Queensland jobs in manufacturing, industry, uh, butcher shops, that they all remain in the state. Because as electricity gets, uh, as there's no baseload power, and worse, as it gets more and more expensive, business goes to the wall. They cannot afford to operate. They can't afford to pay those bills. So what Queensland has just done has just signed the death warrant to the prosperity and the uh, the great state that we have been for the last um, you know generation. And you're not being a doomsdayist on this. $16 billion in revenue annually that they are going to have to come up with. And the only way I can see that they come up with is taxing harder. Well, that, that's going to be very, very painful, isn't it? So we can start expecting seeing death taxes back on the table, more land taxes, uh, we'll see um, more uh, taxes on electric vehicles on roads. Uh, we'll see taxes on business. Uh, you're right. There will be uh, franking tax credits at a federal level. There will be taxes that you can't calculate and we will become uh, you know, a very highly taxed state with less opportunity for jobs, less businesses. 42% of uh, jobs in Australia 
come from small businesses. Small businesses, the people who have small margins on their business, who are currently working seven days a week because of workforce shortage, and yet what we're going to see these kind of announcements do is drive up the costs of them doing business. Uh, it's going to be very, very painful for the state, Ben. Susan, when they make these announcements about the wind farm, and I'm talking about the Tarong wind farm in the South Burnett, it's yet to be given approval. They, they, they sit there and $930 million investment, it's going to, it's going to um, power 230,000 houses, they believe. But it, it, there's every possibility it might not even get off the ground. That's the concerning thing. Yet we, we, we sit back and, and the mob is like all hail Anastasia. I, 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 can't, I think Queenslanders are smarter than that. I think that they're privately starting to ask some very tough questions, uh, which they'll put to the Premier when it comes to the next election. Uh, but you're right, this wind farm uh, in, in North Queensland, uh, they, there was no capacity on the transmission line to hook up the Hewenden yeah. uh, Energy it's Wind It's still farm. not hooked up. It's still not and, hooked up. I mean, how appalling is that? The taxpayer dollars... Uh, that, that have gone into that, which on products that are made overseas with no product stewardship, there's no recycling plan for them at the end of life. We suffer wind droughts, the same as we suffer rain droughts. Uh, so without a plan to support those, um, that electricity generation uh, for, the, for the times when the wind doesn't blow or the sun doesn't shine, you need batteries, you need baseload power, you need firming. These are the things that this state government is not considering. And it's not as if they don't know. If they walk down the road, they bothered to walk down the road to the energy department, I bet there's a, a thousand uh, engineers and, and uh, electricity experts there who could tell them exactly what I'm telling you, that yeah. this is we're going to have electricity shortfalls, we're going to see blackouts, and we're going to see uh, billions and billions of dollars have to be spent to hook renewable projects up. So every time they say uh, solar power uh, or wind power is the cheapest that you can get, well, that is right. The, the sun hitting the, 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 uh, the panel, that is free. But what's not free is the transmission lines that need to be built to take variable power uh, and, and the battery storage that stores it overnight. They haven't got enough. They can't time. store it. They, 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 they haven't got big enough batteries. That's, That's right. they, they have not got That's big right. enough batteries to even store this. People are saying, well, we're going we're gonna to move away from diesel on our farm machinery. Okay, that's fine. All right, we, we all get that. Show us the batteries that can store that. They haven't got yeah. them. They haven't that's got right. them. And, and, right. and so we, we are years off this yet. 2032, 70%. Yeah. 2032, yeah. 70%. Please. Susan, the Labor government are claiming a big win, but they've rolled over really. So they went to the last election saying that the previous government hadn't consulted on the cashless debit card. Now, this is an outrageous lie. I mean, in Harvey Bay and Bundaberg alone, uh, 188 meetings were held with um, community groups, individuals, parliamentarians, government departments, service providers. Uh, and, and since then, ReachTel, an independent survey house, uh, surveyed and found that over 70% of the electorates uh, supported the um, CDCs, the, the cashless debit cards. They allowed for one million um, places that you could spend money using that cashless debit card. Unlike the basics card, 
which has a much more limited range of places where you can use it. And, and often, if you're coming in from Cape York or Western Queensland, you can't use it at a lot of places in Cairns. But what the cashless debit card did is it allowed you to buy food, pay your rent, clothes and shoes for your kids, uh, all the important things that social security is supposed to go to. Social security is paid for out of our taxes, out of every person who works in this country, uh, our taxes going to, to welfare. And I think it is only right and proper that we say we are giving it to families to do the necessities of life. And we want to protect uh, particularly the women of those households uh, from being beaten up, from being bashed up to take their welfare money, to spend it on grog, on gambling and on drugs. And that's what the CDC did. But what Labor came in is they said, no, no, this is abusing people's rights. We're going to get rid of it. Well, as we've debated this legislation, uh, every person um, has stood up and told uh, stories of individuals in their communities about how it has saved families. It has seen more kids going to school having had brekkie. It's seen more kids with shoes on, uh, with their homework done, and able to take advantage of an opportunity in the future. It's seen more women able to save a little bit of money uh, and put some money aside uh, and, and do things with their families and look after their families and have opportunities. It's seen the use of drugs fall. It's seen the use of alcoholism fall, uh, the, uh, the, the amount of gambling fall. These are all important statistics. And as we went through the debate, Labor started amending it. Oh, we're going to still have the CDC card. It's going to remain in Cape York. It's going to remain where communities want to see it used. It's going to remain in the Northern Territory. Uh, if you're already on the CDC, you can stay on it if you want. Uh, these are important steps and Labor will never acknowledge that what they had was a failed policy. They didn't consult. It was paternalism at its absolute worst. And, uh, and they've rolled over on it. I'm very pleased. Susan McDonald, our guest this morning. We'll take a break. Come back with more.